Prepare to Attack is a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, Wawa's Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashThoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit Wawa's Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. Hey everybody, this is Ja. Uh, before the show got started, just wanted to apologize quickly for the audio quality in the show. We had a bit of a rough time uh, getting this show recorded, and you're going to hear some noises in it that we normally don't have, but because of the way it was recorded, I really can't take them out. Um, but yeah, I just want to apologize before you got started, and just know that this isn't normally the way you would hear these episodes. I mean, if you've been listening to the rest of the series, you know that. But for those who are just listening for the first time on this Hanzo episode, the rest of the episodes generally don't sound like this. So I guess for the last time, I just wanted to say sorry, and I hope you do enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today, we're here to talk about Hanzo. Oh, that pesky archer. I'm your host, Bob Schistler, also known as Blazin' Bob, and I'm joined by Coach Lars from Wawa's, Wawa's Bootcamp. Uh, welcome, Lars. Why don't you tell some of us, tell us about yourself? My name's Lars. Uh, I played. Uh, I, I started playing Overwatch mainly because I like Hansel. He's always always been the aspiring character for me that I've always been so passionate about. In fact, he's the reason I even bought the game. It's the only character that really made me interested in the game. When I started playing the game, I didn't find any other character to be interesting because it was during the closed beta. But Hansel struck me like a cupid's arrow. And another thing I have to mention is that I was, like most people, well, not necessarily most people, but I was always, I was a diamond in season one in a way, diamond in season two. Then suddenly, from season two to season three, I made the leap to Grandmaster, and then from Grandmaster to Top 500. And nowadays, I'm used to teaching people how to do the same in my free time, both for free, because it's a hobby and passion of mine, but also for, for what was paid. But when it's paid, it's very high quality. I have assistants. Like I have an assistant that writes solely focuses on writing the notes, and I have an assistant that's a secondary opinion that's also a top 500 player. And use your best to provide the best personalized coaching and more. And yeah, I'm here to talk about Hanso. I have over 500 hours on him. It's one of my favorite heroes. Wow, awesome! Damn, 500 hours. I think that's most... combined across all accounts. I play in a total of like 45. Wow. Maybe 25 to 45 accounts. It's very young. It's a long story. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I've i got probably the highest played character hours of any character. is probably a little over 200 on Reaper, <laughs> who's not as viable as Hanzo, believe it or not, everybody. But uh, So let's just break into the character over uh, overview. He is a arching... Pro, uh, projectile DPS, so the arrows actually have drop. Uh, his mm -hmm. weapon is the storm, the storm bow. His his uh, he can change the weapon to sonic arrow or scatter arrow, which we're going to talk about. He can also sonic wall climb. Mm -hmm. His ultimate is 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 dragon strike. And uh, why don't we start by you telling us about the the goals of Hanzo? The goals of Hanzo. I mean, it's quite rudimentary or simple or basic, whichever damn word you want to use. I'd say that you can summarize Hanzo to quite simply being a hero for his pick potential, spamming arrows around corners to scatter shot, and then providing utility with a sonar arrow to, for instance, let people have a temporary wall hack in a certain area. If he plays at the right time, 
you will make your teammates much more aware of the enemy's positioning, and as a result, you'll benefit much more than you'd ever be led to believe. But besides that, he's also a rather notorious situational hero. But the, the, the few people that do play him tend to be rather obsessed with him, like myself. Rather, like a fanatic in a way. Yeah, he's... He's actually my favorite character in the game overall. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're afraid to play him because of the notoriousness and the fact that people will scream at you. Sometimes. I'm afraid to play him sometimes. I usually will talk myself up to the team, and then if I'm hitting shots, they don't complain, and I stay on him. And if I'm not hitting shots, then I just go ahead and switch off to not deal with the anger and, oh. to and toxicity. To appease their anger. To quench their wrath. Many reasons, really. Yeah, but I'm sure if you're able to hit shots like you are, most of the time, if you were playing will, in my uh, elo, people wouldn't ask you to switch. Oh, if I, to be honest, if I played your elo, they wouldn't leave spawn. <laughs> nice. But that's on a good day. Even I, as a top 500 player, can have bad days where I would even lose a diamond game. But that has multiple circumstances. Like if my team didn't believe in me, it was toxic, or if the enemy team was really organized and structured, even if I played on a smurf account, I'd like platinum or diamond or silver, I would lose. And I actually have. I don't win every game. And I don't land every shot. I use land the ones that count and know how to adapt in the situations that I need to adapt. Nice. All right, well, let's uh, break into the his main weapon, the Stormbow, is a arcing projectile like I talked about before. It charges up. A full charge shot does 125 damage. A, a, uh, a fully uncharged shot, I don't know how to say that, would do 29 damage. It goes, uh, your, charge, your charge speed is to full charge is 3.85 milliseconds. I don't know if that's right. That's weird. Uh, the, pro, the projectile speed is 26 meters per second up to 100 meters per second. Rate of fire is 0.5 second charge, 0.5 second delay between shots, and there's no, there's no reload. So why don't you tell us some effective ways to use the Stormbow? Some effective ways to use the Stormbow. Like I mentioned before, it's your better and better ability. It's not, it has no cooldown. You can charge an arrow and you can combine it with wall climb, for instance, and then do a fast shot the moment you, you turn off high ground and get vision. That's one way you can use it. Another way is that you can kill people from any distance with it. Like It's a medium long range sniper. It deals the same damage no matter how far away you might hit people with. The catch is that the further away people are, the more difficult it will be to hit them with a headshot or a very accurate arrow. You tend to kill people with two shots when you use the Stormbow. You don't have to fully charge both shots, though. You can do one fully charged shot and then one half charge or even uncharged shot, and you should be able to finish people off. Yeah, I think that was a really hard lesson for me to learn is when mm. up close utilizing short shots along with melee hits you know like it was a little exactly. hard for me for instance you can finish with a baby deal with a fully short shot and then a melee instantaneous it takes one second to say likewise you can do it with a tracer yeah, and those... even someone that's just taking a little bit of damage like if they're 140 hp one arrow and one melee they're dead yeah and you're talking about about body shots uh whereas if you hit the mm -hmm. headshot on a 200 or a 250 point character they're dead Exactly, but the, the main issue is that if you could land those headshots whenever you wanted to, you probably wouldn't be in the range you are. You'd probably be top 500, even higher, because <laughs> I can't do that myself. It's very difficult. That's yeah, why but... you have to rely on the most consistent way of damage output, because in the end, Hansel is a lottery tick character known for his inconsistency and unreliable damage output. If you miss one arrow, you might miss the second one. It's a vicious cycle. But likewise, if you hit one arrow, you might very well you just hit the next one, the next one after. Yep, and it's a, it's definitely something that you're just gonna have to practice because it's a lot of feel, and 
Yeah, it's a lot of feel and not as much twitch unless you're close range in my experience. Like it's more a feel of like how far they are, how far it's going to uh, drop. You want to know about the way of aiming with hands on how you should aim. Yeah, yeah. And should there, there, and should are, you use are, the default uh the default reticle too? The reticle. Some people don't even use a crosser for Hansel because it's misleading. You don't really even use the center for anything besides he's indicating the center of the screen. Maybe some ca in some cases it would be useful to headshot people when you're standing still. Once you're experienced enough with Hansel and you know how much time it takes to charge an arrow and more through muscle memory, you don't really have any use for the crosshair. It's used there to remind you of the center of the screen. But even that can be a distraction and cover vision which you otherwise could have had. Uh, but I do personally use a radical for Hansel. I use a short crosshair with a dot in the middle. And a very short crosshair at that. It's red with a lot of outline opacity. The outline opacity is 100. Is and the dot is dot, seven, dot size 7, which is quite a big dot and quite a short crosshair. It's almost just a dot with a little bit of a crosshair. See, I have a I little bit of a... Here. Oh, go ahead. sorry. You go ahead. No, no. Uh, the crosshair is mostly, for me, the crosshair helps me, me with killing fars in the middle of the air. And the dot is used to help me land headshots on widows, for instance, if they're, in a, in a, if they're a long distance away. If it weren't for that, I would most likely not even use a crosshair at all. Because it's much easier to land on an accurate scattershot for me in much more advanced, complicated situations if I don't have, to, so to speak, crosshair in front of me. Gotcha. It can be visually misleading for some. I think my biggest, my biggest, con my biggest conundrum with the crosshair is that I prefer a small cross uh, crosshair, but if small you switch it, yeah, if you switch it to that, then I don't see the graphical indication that I'm on scatter arrow or sonic arrow, oh, and that's what yes. that's what throws me off. But I do I prefer that. aiming with it. Yes, aiming with it is much easier, but using the abilities. Most people tend to think that they need a visual indicator in order to know, but the thing is, you charge an arrow and then you press the ability as you're firing it. You don't really prematurely press the scattershot before you actually charge it. You do it the moment you release left click. It's the way to go about it. Wait a second, so you can do it after you, re after you release left click? No, you do it simultaneously. Oh, interesting. I've never, I've never tried that. I, al I always it do it works. right before I shoot it off. I charge an arrow and then I immediately exchange it to scatter right before I shoot. Because otherwise, they might be able to tell about the scatter. It's, there's visual indicators for this. They see the arrow, they hear the sound. The moment they hear the sound, I want them to be dead. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to practice that. Well, uh, I'm sure there's going to be more tips for the Stormbow because it kind of goes into all of his other his other moves. So let's just move on to the the Sonic Arrow ability, and that's a arching projectile. Also, its area of of effect is ten is ten meters. the dur The duration is ten seconds, and the cooldown is twenty seconds. So it's a long cooldown. Tell us about this ability and how to use it the most effectively. Well, for instance, if you're in defense on a payload map, like you imagine, let's, let's, let's make it Dorado for a moment. It's Dorado. It's like a hybrid payload map, right? And uh, people are about to... Enemies are attacking. You're defending. And you just place a solar arrow right before they get out. Or you do it a few seconds before they get out so you can predict which enemies are going to which ways, like how they're going to move, and you can maybe get a lucky scattershot. Some people selectively choose to do it like this. Other people, they wait a little bit, and then they place their sonar arrow on the end of the payload, or the front, or the middle, but only right when they come, and then they let their entire team take the benefit from it, and they try to get some early takes in, or some poke. Depends, really. But as a rule of thumb, sonar arrow has many different uses, but it's most Hansel mains tend to be rather selfish. They don't realize that if they use it early on, it's really only them that will benefit from it in most, in most cases. Not everyone on the team is going to be firing arrows or trying to kill them the moment they get out of spawn. In fact, they, they tend to wait until the, they turn around the corner with the payload before they even start attacking them, in most cases at higher SRs. 
because that's when you will be the most it will be the most beneficial and safe for you. See, I'll use so it on in, spawn. Like if mm -hmm. I get there early in enough to where I'm going to have 20 seconds for the cooldown to to refresh before the match mm -hmm. starts just to see what comp they're starting with. Is that a good yes. idea? That's one way you can do it. I tend to use sound indicators too. Like you can hear a widow shooting, you can hear people doing emotes. You can even use sometimes use walk close up to their base and use try to listen to their sounds. Like because people will be doing automatic voice lines through there and you can hear it audibly. Really? So that's one way you can do it. Yes. And you can also shoot a sonar arrow and you can find out a couple of find out about a couple of people that might be in there because you'll see the visual indicator. But you don't have to make sure that you actually have sonar arrow when the battle starts and you need it because it's a part of your essential kit another part that some hansel players do is that they do an uncharged shot upwards in the air because it takes seven seconds for it to fall down and drop into the ground which means you can technically do that when with a sonar arrow and then the sonar arrow will drop down seven seconds later because you fire in the middle of the air right and then it slowly drops down falls back down to the ground interesting that's that's something that some people do in order to effectively use the sonar. But if you do uncharge, it lasts approximately six, seven seconds. Off charge, you can like try to figure out the timing for when you shoot something in the middle of the air and how much time it takes for it to travel down. Before they buffed Hansel's projectile speed, it used to be 20 seconds, but now I believe it's 16 or 17. So if you shoot a fully charged arrow in the middle of the air, like straight up, it will take 17 seconds before it reaches the ground. Why this is important <laughs> is because you can use sonar arrow at the beginning of a game on defense in this way or in this manner and then believe and you just place it somewhere where it's very very beneficial because if you do this correctly you can have two sonar arrows out at the same time at the beginning of the game but only once really well wow. you only really do it once at the beginning of the game and people other than doing it once people rarely do it ever again because you know you have to use sonar arrow and then it's going to take like 17 seconds before it actually drops back down <laughs> I've also heard uh, that if you shoot a sonic arrow into a shield, when the shield drops, the uh, sonic yes, arrow yes. drops. That only has to do with the sonic arrow. I, I wish it would be the same with the normal arrow, but it, since the sonic arrow stays much longer than normal arrows, it has a certain code to it, basically. So if Reinhardt has the sonic arrow stuck in a shield and then he drops the shield down right into a Mercy's head, the Mercy will die from a headshot. Yeah, it can happen. It's happened to me before. I also headshot a Reinhardt before uh, with a sonic arrow as he was shielded because he dropped his shield right after it was put in, you know, and then he just died. That's awesome. Quite a, quite a lot of funny things happened. But, but that's another element of sonic arrow, in, indeed. Cool, cool. Well, uh, let's uh, talk about the move that everybody hates Hanzo for and everybody seems to think is the easiest move in Overwatch to pull off. Let's talk about it Scatter Arrow. And I say that as a joke, but let me get through what it does. It's a mm -hmm. arcing projectile on the e uh, the initial shot. Uh, the initial shot does the same as the regular storm blow. the The scattered uh, part, if it's fully charged, does seventy five per arrow, and if it's uncharged, twenty two per arrow. There's six arrows and the cooldown is 10 seconds and uh can you headshot with those only the initial one right you cannot headshot with the actual fragments themselves you can only headshot with arrows which you're usually not going to be shooting at their head probably well, in some cases you would let me let you yeah let me let you talk about the best ways to use it scatter shots commonly used to get a very free pick for someone that's walking around Deadly running. If you see a soldier running, you can use land to scatter shots, smartly plant right in front of their feet, and they will die an immediate death. The fragments will go right into their knees, typically. As most people know, feet is the biggest hitbox. And going into... Could you explain what a hitbox is, Blazon Bob? A uh, hitbox is generally right around the size of the character, and it's the box in which you need to hit in-game to hit them. Uh, Tanks have generally much larger ones, and there's a different hitbox for heads also. 
for every hero. Every hero has a different hitbox. But one thing that's especially common among every hero is that the feet hitbox is about 50% wider than the body. Really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you, can, you will land more sleep darts, for instance, if you go for the knees or feet. Huh. And you also tend to go for three shurikens on the knees of a Mercy Wonder Flying, because then they can land three shurikens instead of only one if you're a right click, for instance. The same goes with Hanso if he's giving up on headshots and but wants to guarantee a body shot so he goes for the legs from a long distance. That's why what you'll see a lot of Hansos do sometimes. They won't go for the head body or the head. They just go for straight for the legs or the knees. That's a huge tip. It's quite easy to hit. But that's one of the elements to scatter shot that makes it so easy to kill people with. If the feet headbox hadn't been that big, if scatter shot wouldn't be that effective. I mean it, it would still kill people, really, but it wouldn't kill people as often. It's a big part of all of Overwatch that most people don't realize. And or, scattershot is many elements. You can shoot one arrow, you just hit one person with one arrow, and then it'll run into a room. And then you can scattershot inside a room and finish them off. Even though you're like a million miles away and it feels like the least skilled kill in the world, it still counts as a kill. That's just, how, <laughs> that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And scattershot, when damage boost, can also be used to blast tanks. Uh, believe it or not, but. Hanso has the potential to kill any hero extremely fast under the right circumstances. He can headshot a Farah, headshot a Mercy, and then he can scattershot Reinhardt, and then he can headshot the McCree who's high nooning. Like, you've seen it happen probably on YouTube if you've seen some crazy Hanso montages or play of the games. You've seen that one-shot potential. Like when, the, when all the lights align and everything is his right, you'll see insane performance from Hanso. And oh, yeah. he wouldn't be the same without scattershot. Which makes him as powerful as he is. If he didn't have Scattershot, he wouldn't be as good as he is. He would, quite simply, have a very big issue being viable. It's yeah. a very big part of his kit. And it's extremely important. I've got, I've got clips and, of another, just me like uh, having three headshots in a row and then uh, uh, getting the last kill on the tank that I just headshotted with Scattershot. I mean, they're awesome plays but for oh, me they're it, few and far between it's extremely satisfying it feels so good it feels so yeah. good it's like eating a pizza and drinking a can of beer <laughs> at the same time but uh he, you don't have to only use the feet or the the ground in front of their feet and one way people tend to use to dodge scatter shot is to jump because when you jump your knees go up in the air right and then the scatter shot is definitely going to go miss or not kill you or you steal a little tiny amount of damage which, as I said before, is because it's, it, the scattershot tends to hit your feet when the Hansel shoots in front of your feet, like your feet, your knees, and so on. If you jump at the perfect time against the scattershot, it won't kill you, which is a big counter. But there's an issue with this. If the Hansel just holds onto his shot, he can wait for you to land and get an easy kill at scattershot. So it's a mind game with Hansel, really. Nice. I, nice. I have problems shooting it at stairs. Uh, yes, uh, that's what I wanted to mention, actually. Thank you for reminding me. Scattershot is best used when you have a vertical advantage, which means you have to be on high ground. And Hanso, a big part of Hanso's mobility is his ball climb, which is used a lot for his mobility and to even run away or escape. Like to use, go, get away from a tank by kiting them, by jumping off high ground and wall climbing back up, or even use jumping off, making them think you've jumped off, and then immediately wall climbing by touching the ledges. Or you could wall climb above someone, and they wouldn't know where you are, and they could turn out behind them and scatter shot them. I've done it before, even at Grandmaster and Top 500 level. And, by, and for anybody that doesn't know, what he means by kiting is that is making someone... It's a term that came up in MMOs years back. It's a term for making something follow you, basically. Like when you're a hunter and you have a bear after you, it's running after you crazily. Single-handedly, its intention is to, for example, kill you. Not necessarily implying that every bear is like that, but in this case, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. And by kinding them, you can fool them. As said before, you can make them think that, for example, you've gone into the water, and meanwhile, you might have done something else. They're just mindlessly chasing after you, and then they slowly wonder where you've gone. Or you'll be buying time by running away. There's many ways to play Overwatch. Sometimes when you fight people on a fair one versus one, your job might not be to 
necessarily kill them or win the fight because you don't you're not confident if you can do that in most cases. Sometimes you can just hold out until you can group over your team more and more and just you can just distract an essential target and that essential target won't be going off to your healers, for instance. Instead it'll be on you. Which is a big key factor. Like Winston's tend to go for the hand sauce, which saves the one the mercy on your team, for instance, from getting singly focused down because the Winston will try to focus you down instead. It happens. So Even, what you're saying is wall climb is a really good tool to get away. Yes, also because it's unlimited, because you can always wall climb back up the wall. You can also jump off a ledge and then immediately t- do a 180-degree turn and then immediately climb back up. Meanwhile, as a response to get down there as soon as possible with you, the enemies might drop off high ground, and then you'll have high ground, and they will not. And you will have a vertical advantage, and you can shoot them and finish them off. That's one way to do it. Nice. And something we might point out is you can wall climb while your bow is charging or charged. Mm, it's a very big ability, part, part of the ability. You charge an arrow, and then you can wall climb and release an arrow and get a headshot or even scatter. Yeah, it was a really cool change they made, I don't know, a few months back. The same applies with Genji. You can immediately release his shurikens when he walk climbs. Yeah, which is which is nice also. Yes. Um, do you have anything else you want to cover on that before we move on to the no, ultimate? No, no, no. All right, well, let's move on to the ultimate dragon strike, which is a, the initial oh. shot is a linear projectile. The in the initial shot does the same 125 damage that your normal shots do. The dragons do 200 damage per second. It has an infinite. Sorry. Wait. Hang on. No. No. Keep going. I'm gonna look something up. Ah, gotcha. It has an infinite travel distance, so you can actually shoot it from spawn. If you aim it right, it will go to the end of the the map. It's. Area of effect is about four meters. The rate of fire, it does, it's, that doesn't really matter. Uh, the casting time is about 1.5 seconds on the initial animation. Uh, and the initial mm. shot can headshot, but the dragons don't. And you uh, can headshot through walls. Yes. The, arrows, the arrow travels through walls, so if you see a standing cell target, you know the exact distance. You can headshot the original person with that through the wall and then the dragon will still come out through their head in a way oh i didn't know that i knew you could shoot so, it into the wall and the dragons yeah. would start or er, like would start earlier than they would normally i'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way anymore they changed that but i might not be 100 percent sure i just remember you have the capability of headshotting someone through the wall with the dragon strike interesting it might have been changed most people can figure out through themselves by practicing practice range but if Dragon Strike was activated when it hit a wall, Dragon Strike would be much more broken than it currently is. And it was like that for a while, from what I remember. It was very easy for me to play Hanzo at the time. I had butt picks constantly, because people would be hiding right behind walls, and they would be in a corner, and I would use Dragon Strike to corner in a certain angle, which would kill everyone. <laughs> but, and that only worked because it activated the moment uh, it hit the wall. And since I was right in front of the wall, it released straight into them. What I would normally do is I would always know the perfect distance because Dragon Strike always releases from the same distance, regardless of whether or not uh, you hit a wall or not. I believe it changes. It doesn't even change if you hit someone in the head with that Dragon Strike arrow. It, it is always the same distance. Like The Dragon Strike arrow will always come out the same distance. It's a set distance. I'm sure you've, you've seen scenarios in which there was... Yes, we have to mention the combinations, the synergy between Dragon Strike and Gravity Surge, for instance. Oh, yeah. Gravity Surge, please mention what Gravity Surge does, even though I'm sure. Uh, Graviton Surge is Zarya's ultimate, and it sucks everybody into a little ball right about four mm. meters wide. And it keeps them all tightly clad, t- tightly clad together. Meanwhile, Dragon Strike does an immense amount of damage, two da- 200 damage per second, basically. So if you keep those people <laughs> tightly clad together for that amount of time and you simultaneously throw Dragon Strike, you will end up with a plenty of dead people. Yep. But little... there are counters. Lucio's beat can be dropped, and it doesn't actually save his team in most cases. But Senyata's Transcendent 
does. It heals 300 HP per second, and it will save a Dragon Strike Raptor Surge. But there's a catch to it. You can negate all Transcendence healing with the anti-healing aid from Ana, for instance, or you can just headshot them with Strange Gravity Tone Surge because you can't heal someone that's dead because they, all their HP will disappear from the headshot, from Hanzo, for instance. He has the one-shot potential. But there's also one more thing. If Hanzo is damage boosted, I mean, if he's not a boosted, his Dragon Strike deals the exact same amount of damage as the Sinyata Transcendence. So it cancels out this transcendence in a way, and any damage you receive from outside will not be healed, besides the normal amount from Mercy or Lucio, whatever, which most people don't know about. But it's a way you could potentially counter this Inyata transcendence in if you use it during grab, and then you could get in there and deal regular damage, and the regular damage would not be healed back, basically, it would be negated completely by a Dragon Strike, which is not a boost. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the reason people don't see that much is I just don't see Hanzo's getting getting Anna's it, ult much, you know what I mean? It happens very rarely, for a good reason. <laughs> but if you know they're going to use trance, and you know they have a shield, and you know you won't really get there and get any damage, but you have like a Genji, for instance. No, not really a Genji, maybe someone else. Then, in most circumstances, you would never really see a Nana boost a Dragon Strike. I'm just bringing it up because it's a cool idea. <laughs> 200 damage plus 50% equals 300. I've done it a few times here and there, but really, Reaper can use Death Blossom in the middle of a Graviton Surge with Wonders Transcendence with Nano Boost, or even Genji can use Blade, and he can use one-shot people, but one Sword Swing and one Death Swift Strike. So typically, Genji, I mean, Hansel's Dragon Strike would be used to bait Transcendence to Sone, like, imagine there's a Reiner at the front of the team, and his team is behind him, right? But there's a certain gap between them. If you time it correctly, you can use the Dragon Strike to cut off the Reiner from his team, and then you can single him out and fight him six versus one for a couple of seconds. It's one way to use the Dragon Strike. Another way is to zone. Zoning, by the way, means to... Can you explain the concept of zoning for me, please? Uh, zoning just means to basically corral the other team into different areas by using denial of space tactics yes because they can't be inside a dragon because the dragon will kill them yep so by denying them the space you can deny the reinhardt escaping back into his team and you can guarantee his death and if the reinhardt is dead and you're fighting them six versus six six versus five and they don't have a main tank and you do who do you think is more likely to win the team fight you know it's one way to use it. Yep. Another way to use it is to force the team to split up because the Dragon Strike is going to make people run away or even split up. And in some cases, they might run in different directions. Once again, zoning. Another way it can be used is when they're running away and you can cut off their escape path. Or when they're in a tightly enclosed space and if you use it at a perfect timing, you can kill everyone inside the room. Mm -hmm. As well as the fact that yeah. Mm, yes, I believe that's it. There's many other nitpicks on and off on how to actually use this ultimate, of course. I've used it in many ways for myself, even in celebratory manners, like put her in the middle of the air as, a, as an act of great disrespect, which I greatly regret because I've lost a couple of games because I did it. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's a very useful ability, and I believe that it makes Hansel known for who he is in a way besides his one-shot capability. Like he's <laughs> hearing, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I've had one time on King's Row. We were defending. They were coming around the corner on the last point. Most of the mm -hmm. team was dead and respawned at the same time. We go walking to go walk out of spawn, and here comes a dragon right through the wall into spawn and killed and us all. Everyone. It was, I was like, are you kidding me? And I've literally tried to do it on the opposite way as Hanzo, and I've never yes. done it well. <laughs> you, you throw a random Dragon Strike from spawn, and then, for some reason, like, you know when people walk back from spawn, they'll get distracted, they're just focusing on going back to the point where the action is, right? And one thing don't people don't know is that the normal Hanzo skin, like, you know, the default one, you can hear the dragon sound rather distinctly. But with the wolf, it has a different noise. Like, it's howling instead, and it can be a little bit more quieter than some are normal, and it will typically ta take people more time to respond to it in some cases. Yep, it's like, they might even be killed by it. Before. 
Oh, yeah, like that. Uh, and you can just be walking back from spawn, and suddenly the dragon comes out of the wall because it, the voice line only starts in the beginning, and then you just hear the owl, like a, a, a very short, faint owl, a little bit of that, but not for too long once it's been going for a while. So if Hanzo shoots his ultimate from spawn, he's in a random location. You can sometimes get lucky picks with his ultimate without really even meaning to, just relying on the luck factor, which is one of the very big reasons that people hate the living hell out of him. <laughs> Besides the fact, he also tends to spam corners, hoping for a lucky headshot. And when you get killed by a Hanzo, it feels rather unfair. Like There was no skill required. It was used the right place and time, and he, tip, he just tended to move his mouse in the right direction. Useless hero, no consistency. It's all luck, some people say, but I yeah. said, if you learn how to get consistently lucky, it's a skill in a way, too. When they uh, say it's luck and, and Hanzo's easy to play, I'm like, dude, give it a try yourself, bro. It's a very different way. It's like <laughs> a very unique play style. It's not like Widow. It's not like Widow at all. Yeah, yeah, Widow's a lot easier to tell. Like, if you're getting headshots, Scaled. getting picks, then it's easy to tell that you're doing good. I mean, sometimes yeah, it's pure aim. You have to shoot them at the exact location they are. Me on with Hanzo can use spam arrows. If you were to use spam shots with Widow, you would be called an idiot. You have to aim. You have to be precise. But yeah. With Hanzo, spamming, and that, that is actually a skillful factor. Even the best Hanzos like Raksu and Arge and Ironades and more, they all do spam arrows at the right times, like when people are coming back from spawn and then Jokes. in a team. Yeah. Or when, or just to, you know, zone them, to do not to apply pressure, to make them scared of turning the corner, to make them go behind the Reiner shield and move slowly and waste more time on defense, for instance. Well, and I, then, I remember in like the triple, the triple tank meta, lots of times people would think Hanzo's not good for that, but in honestly, oh, you yeah. get so many, so much charge from all the shots on the on the tanks, you get ultimate so fast. Yes, back in the day, the tree tank meta, if you played Hansel, you would have three ultimates by the time other people had one. Sometimes even four ultimates by, by the time one of your teammates had one ultimate. Yep, it's quite ridiculous. A lot of, a lot of people didn't, didn't realize that. It's hard to explain that to them on the fly. Yeah. With the tree, the, with the tree tank meta, people t tend, tended to use to have a Reaper or a Soldier, really. Yep. Yeah, it's, oh, a, it's a cool ult. You're going to have to practice it quite a bit, but... Yeah. Yes, you need to learn the distance it takes before it starts to actually act. You need to learn the cast time. You need to learn how it's used now to get results instead of just blindly relying on luck. Yeah, you, you got to be real careful with that too. Because when I started, I remember mm -hmm. my first Zarya ultimate. I was like, oh God, I'm going to kill everybody. I dropped down. I was five meters from the ultimate, shot the you ult, were too close. went past them. Yes. Yes, you have to be at a perfect distance away. Mm -hmm. It was a bummer. That's why I said before that if even if the arrow hits someone, it doesn't start the moment they hit someone, sadly. Like, it starts the moment at the perfect distance. It's we, always set to be the same distance, I believe. We should note like, that there's no charge time on the ultimate, but there is a casting time. Yes, it takes 1.5 seconds to cast, which is the regular time it takes to charge an arrow. Basically, in a way. It's like maybe slightly longer. I'm sure. Even I don't really take notes on how long it takes to charge an arrow, but I believe that it is 1.25 seconds total for a normal Stormbow arrow. But when you do the Dragon Strike, it's 0 0.25 seconds longer than normal. And you also stand still and can't jump or move whilst doing the animation. Gotcha. Okay. Well, do you want to mention anything else about the ultimate? Oh, yes. No, 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 not really. Okay, well, let's... Uh, wanna, one thing I want to bring up... Uh, actually, no, I'll let you talk. I can bring it up later when it's appropriate to do so. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, let's uh, move on to strengths and weak and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now it's coming <laughs> on hot, ain't it? Oh, I've got to ready my game pants. Protect my boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, give us some. What uh, some strengths, weaknesses... Strengths, as I mentioned before, is the pick potential and tendency to get one shot by the arrow. Weaknesses is his inconsistencies and unreliable damage output, as well as the fact that there are much better options for certain things like Phara or just overall consistent damage or reliable consistent damage output. 
like a better sniper's widow, a better hit, a better far counter is McCree or soldier. A better close range damage dealer is Reaper or Junkrat. <laughs> like there's so many heroes that do certain things much better than Hansel does at certain things. There's nothing he really is specialized in. He's just sort of, in my opinion, he has that one factor, that one thing that most people don't have, and that is that luck one shot potential. Because a widow could potentially, in a way, one shot. Yeah, she has the headshot potential, which she's which she's quite well known for. But it's more skill based. She doesn't, but she doesn't have the scatter shot. She doesn't have that potential to rake in such immense amounts of damage on a tank and then headshot them to finish them off. Yeah, she doesn't she's have that much potential less to, scrappy. She doesn't have the potential. She can't. She, like Hansel can k- bring down a team faster than a widow could, by comparison, because of scatter shot. But of course, a reaper could also bring down a team much faster with Death Blossom, and a soldier with Nanowise could also do the same. But yeah. here's the thing. Go ahead. He has so much, he has so much vertical mobility. Yep. He Screw. can always wall climb up. There's no cooldown on it. If there was a cooldown, oh, he would be so useful. <laughs> he would, I mean, he would still be useful in a way, but if his wall climb had a cooldown, he wouldn't be the same. Wall climb is what makes Hans what a person he is. It's yeah. what makes him so powerful. The, 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 cap- the capability of appearing behind someone and getting into places that other people cannot normally get into without certain mobility abilities, which she doesn't have as an ability, but rather as a passive. Get up high ground, scatter shot their mercy, headshot their Anna, and then drop back down, play with the team, and fight with the team six versus four. Apply pressure. Get those lucky picks. Or even just force people to back out because you're so scared of even fighting you. Mm-hmm. Force people to play around you. Pick Winston, pick Diva, go Genji, go Widow. Go, even go, sometimes people go Hansel to try and counter you. To be annoying, to just have that satisfaction from shooting them in the head and just watching their body spasm and fall to the floor. There's so many things people like about Hansel. He's such a fun character to play. Even though most people find him to be a no-brain dead hero that's just or a random, like a like just random number generated, like an RNG, which is quite frankly just luck for most people's opinion. But it takes skill. You have to aim. You have to lead your shots. And the way to aim with Anso, you have to track. There's flicking and tracking. You know what flicking is? Yeah, it's where you flick over quickly and try and hit a target with a flick rather than like one, tracking it, rather than keeping your reticle right on them. Yes, like you just immediately move the reticle to them, like a muscle memory, like 90 degrees uh, flick, 180 degrees, 40, 20 degrees, just a few centimeters flick. Yep. What Hansels tend to do with their aim is they do normal tracking, right? And then right when they fire and they, they're predicting which direction you're going to move in, they do a sh- very tiny flick of a centimeter on the screen. That's what you would do if you're if the right circumstances allow it and you have the time and capability to do so. But in some cases, you have to wall climb up and then immediately do a random flick for a headshot. And when people see you on a kill cam, they're like, what the flying hell is this? He literally just wall climbed up in a 360 no scope and headshot it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you can do the same. It's much easier to do with scatter shot. If you, like I mentioned before, the vert- vertical mobility, when you run up, you can use immediately scatter shot someone has down. It's much easier to kill someone consistently with scatter shot. It's the one one thing that makes him consistent. One thing that makes it easy. It's very easy to land a scatter shot to the point where people even complain about it. It's quite funny how such an inconsistent hero has such a consistent ability. Land it on your feet. See, see your health go down. But weaknesses. If you pick him and you don't do well, your team's going to get toxic and demand you switched almost immediately. If you pick him and do well, your enemies will falter. They will they will want you to deal with the Hanso. They will complain about him. They will hate him. They will blame him. Some people will honor him and think he's skilled, which happens rarely. When there's a really skilled Hanso, people tend to just assume he's lucky at first. Then it happens again and again. And they just tend to realize he's actually skilled, but I can ramble on about this forever. <laughs> do you have any more questions? <laughs> uh, well, we could do uh, any common mistakes you could think of. 
Oh, please. You know about some common mistakes that Hansel's make, don't you? I don't want to be the only one talking. <laughs> well, you are, the ex- you are the expert here. Yes, I am. And I but am you... trying to learn. Uh, one of the common mistakes that I made early on is trying to stay and fight. Like, even though Hanzo's scrappy, I would try to stay and fight uh, Matt, like a one-on-one that wasn't a good idea for me to fight head-on instead of turning around wall climbing, getting the upper hand on the enemy, and then shooting down at him. Uh, like, for instance... A McCree, yeah, a McCree. I would try to one v one head on, and if I get lucky and and flick to him with the right arrow, then I win. But he's got flashbang and everything else. My best bet would be to climb up away from him and shoot at him from a from a distance. And those that yeah, that so was one of the big hold mistakes. An, hold an angle. Don't always be in an open area in front of him. Yeah, it's more consistent damage to me. You want to be holding angles very often as hands on prioritize the right targets. Simultaneously, you also want to be in a position sometimes on high ground where you, the Mercy can fly to you and to the team so she can have a safe escape route if possible and needed. So many ways. Hansel works in conjunction with many heroes. For instance, if a 200 HP squishy target is escort-orbed and you're damage boosted by a Mercy, you can one-shot them with a normal arrow that's fully charged. Most people awesome. don't know that. The same applies with Widow. But as you said before, the common, a common mistake is to use focus on the wrong target at the time and not be in the right situation or the right position. Sometimes you might even be going in too deep or going in too little, like you might be staying on high ground for too long when you should be dropping down, or you might have dropped down too early. There's many what-ifs. Yeah, I was definitely like, a, too, a too early guy for sure early on. <laughs> yeah. A mistake people tend to make in low brass stars is they're either too aggressive or too passive. I think, er- I think early on that, it's too it's too aggressive in the lower SRs, and as you get higher, then they get too passive. That's just my, yes, my it's very aggressive. Gold, silver, bronze, etc. And then we get to like platinum, diamond, or rather passive. Master is like a little bit more aggressive here and there, like high damage, I'd say. And then once you get to masters, to mid masters, to grand masters, that's when people start to figure out when they should be aggressive and when they should be passive. Good. Like people good sort of have a little bit of an idea of it at diamond, but they don't really have a, a good idea of when to regroup or when to really escape, unless it's quite obvious. Like they're the single person that just respawn and everyone on their team is dead. Like in that situation, do you go in and try to kill their entire team all by yourself, or do you wait for your team to come back? Like there's so many situations, and people learn. Well, not all people. Most people. Some people tend to use blame others for their mistake. A lot of people blame others for their their mistakes, and Absolutely. it's a bummer. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm not you speak. <laughs> it's a bummer, really. Hansel's a straw hat around in a way. He's always blamed for other people's mistakes, but it's it's for a reason. If a Hansel's not landing his shots, he's definitely going to be the most useless member on your team. No, there's nothing around that. He will be useless. Here's the thing. If the Hanzo wants to get good at Hanzo and he switches whenever he's doing bad, how is he ever going to get good? How is he going to learn? Whenever he gets into a difficult problem or situation he can't handle, he switches. That's the thing. That's why one trick success. To truly become good at a hero and know how to handle it in every situation, you have to learn. You yeah. go through mistakes and you sort of figure out, ah, when Afara, when Afara uses her boosting ability, if I, shoot, if I try to shoot her from this angle, I will headshot her if she flies in, where I might be able to. Yeah. Likewise, it's a it's a bummer, but that's so true. I mean, the reason that I am as good at Hanzo as I am is because I made a new account called uh, way back when called Shimad Bob, and I only played Hanzo or Genji. So yes, I like I played Genji on maps that weren't good for Hanzo. You know, because I didn't want to be a total you know jerk. So like. The games where I didn't have good sight lines, like lots of Koth maps, I would go ahead and play Genji, who I wanted to learn also. But it really is hard because you have to stay on them. And I had really good games and really bad ones, but I did learn a lot from the really bad ones, more than I learned from the really good ones. Exactly. Everything you, you take at a face value is your teammates, they look at it short term because they're like not going to meet you again. It's just a game, you know? It's just one game. That one game is the difference of a number called SR. But to you, 
if you really are passionate about playing a hero like Hansel, you shouldn't just quit upon running into a difficulty like a problem wall. You should try to and try to conquer it, try to climb it, become a better Hansel. And that's why you see the truly skilled Hansels are stubborn. They won't switch. And that's for this exact very reason. Because they want to get better at Hansel. Also because they like playing Hansel. I have, like you did, made a Smurf account. And I made a new one recently. It's going to level 21. I am having a friend level it up for me. But once it's level 25, it will officially become mine. Basically. And he won't have access to it any longer or anything like that. I just don't want to go through the leveling process myself. So I have someone else do it for me. Once it's level 25, I'm going to play only Hansel on it. His username is Hansosucks. <laughs> I've done this in the past but with other accounts where I only played Hansel on it. But I, I have this common issue. I can go from, I've never been in Bronx or having an account founder, typically from like gold to Grandmaster, maybe 4.3, 4,200 SR, 4,300 SR. I can get up there with only playing Hansel. But once I get to that border, that's when I notice my limitations with only playing one hero. Because those people are truly skilled. They know how to truly counter my weaknesses and how to play how to play against my strengths how to deny me those 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 good positions i want to be in like in high ground in certain locations they know how to deny it how to zone me out and just drive me out like sort of sort of sort of, like i'm some sort of wolf basically trying to eat their delicious their delicious sheep meanwhile they are shepherds and guards and they have guard towers and i can't even get any more because the sheeps are in a castle and I'm, I'm a wolf. But sometimes the wolf does break through the castle. That's only when a wolf has a really, really good day. And that's when I, I am a top 500 player. I do dip in top 500, but I'm not a consistent one. I, I just peak at it. Sometimes I might end with top 500, but I'm not like a top 200, top 300, top 100 player. I'd say I'm more like top 1,000, top 700-ish. I had to choose one. And I'm from Europe, by the way. I'm, I'm Norwegian. And what truly made me good at Hansel was to be stubborn, be obsessed. Like you. Like you, Bob. Mm -hmm. If you want to get good at something, don't give up. Don't give up. Play. If you want to play that hero, you have to keep going, my friend. Well, I mean, these are some good tips. Uh, I, I even learned, I've played probably 30 hours of Hanzo in comp and I learned quite a bit. So, and I learned something about the feet hitbox that I never knew. So that's going to help my Anna sleep dart play and everything. So that's, that's super cool too. Some other thing you might want to know is when you aim, just aiming techniques, the crosshair placement before you aim is also quite important. Like before you turn around a wall, you want to be placing your crosshair in a position where the enemies are most likely going to be. This is an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. You also want to place your crosser uh, closer to their head, like, but but this with Hansel is a little bit difficult from a distance because your arrow has a downwards curve. So you want to try to spam arrows at head level and get that lucky headshot. But you just have to figure out where head level is because after you shoot one arrow, you see how it travels visually and you learn. Okay, a little bit higher. Oh, a little bit lower. Even after playing Hansel for five hundred hours, I still do this. Albeit I do it more, much more accurately, much faster. I still have to, like, you know, just eyeball the distance. Yeah, it's kind of like that uh, mm -hmm. calibration shot, basically. That's why people don't use a crosshair, because it's so much easier to eyeball it without the... Because if you play other heroes sometimes, you just think that if you have your crosshair above their head, it, it will land on them, right? It will get, you'll get a headshot. But there's a downwards curve. Takes time to get used to. Yeah, take, yeah, def, yeah. That's a good. That's a good tip. That first arrow, and I do that pretty much automatically now. But you as miss you play, the first arrow, and then you start getting more and more accurate for each arrow you hit because you start to see the distance of where the arrows are hitting and where you need to be aiming. You change it slightly. Yeah, and after you play for a while, you start yeah. to actually get some shots on that first shot. You know, exactly. Get the headshot on the first try. Shoot the fire when she flies in. Shoot the mercy while she's in Valkyrie. You headshot the widow when she hook shots or when she hooks up, like the moment she hook shots up, for instance. You can do that too as handsome. It's by mere intuition. You know she's about to do it because that's what you would do in her position. 
no where she's going to position. So you fire an arrow there prematurely. It just happens to land in place. And in, in a team fight, you probably shouldn't be prioritizing like a like a Farah, but like on those times that you do uh, get to prioritize, yes. it feels good to hit her. <laughs> One thing is that what I tend to do is to force the fire to focus me down. She does not kill her in two seconds. I force her to drop down. Basically, he's got to dominate your enemies in a way. Has had so. You have to show them who's, who the boss is. And by using the arrows to your benefit, you can quite easily do it. If you put in a lot of hard work and effort. Yep. So I mean, I hit him. I can, I can, I can body shot Farah's pretty good now. Like pretty Same. consistently. The headshot is pretty rare wait, wait. for me. You, you want some advice? Sure. You, you know the thing about the feet, right? It applies to far while she's in the middle of the air, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. That. It applies to Tracer, too. It applies to Soldier when he's running sideways. It applies to Mercy when she's flying. It applies to so much. Nice. It's just a secret. Figure it out. Yeah, I mean, that's even going to help me, like, even playing Reaper when a Mercy flies. Maybe I'm going to shoot at her feet if I can't get at her head, you know what I mean? Because then I'll get more more pellets into her actual hitbox. But yeah. this episode is about Hanzo, and I think we covered a lot. I think we did okay. a really good job. Do you have any yeah, uh, final thoughts? Yes. Use Valvern to get closer to the fire so you can shoot her. The closer you're out there, the easier will be to shoot her or, or land shots at her. Gotcha. And also you can use Valvern to avoid shots. You can use Valvern to use many things, really. You just have to figure out how to use it and when to use it. And just try and remember to use it. If you're not a Genji player yes, or a Hanzo player. always try to use high ground. Yeah. Always. It's high easy to forget when you used. first start. Always use high ground. Aim for a... I aim... Okay, I'm going to do some keywords. Always go for high ground. Try to go for their heads if you can, but if you notice you're not good enough to land shots on their heads consistently, go for their body. In this case, try to go for their feet. Remember, you're not aiming directly at their feet. You want the arrow to kind of land close to their feet-ish, maybe even knee level. Because you don't want you don't want, you don't want it to edge it and you don't you don't want it to end at the edge of their feet because from a distance that's a very tiny f fragment of their hitbox from your perspective. It's better to kind of go for the knees or legs or anything like that or body if you're medium long distance. But from very long distance, I would go for legs or body. In which case, that's going for 200 HP squishy targets. Still, for tanks, you can just go for body or head. It's quite easy. Gotcha. Use scatter shot from vertical angles. Sometimes you can jump when you're in the same level as them with scattershot and you can kill them with scattershot because you jump. Likewise, they can jump to avoid a scattershot. Well, another thing you can do is the sonar arrows, as I said before, you can fire in the air on defense beforehand, that's true. But on an attack with sonar arrow, you have to wait for your team to be in position to start the team fight with them before you use sonar arrow because you don't want to use it prematurely. You want to use it right before the team fight so your team Mates can use the full benefit of that sonar arrow. That's something people tend to do in attack. They immediately use the sonar when they get out of spawn. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Use it before the team fight when your teammates are in a position to actually benefit from it. Otherwise, you're being selfish, okay. as I previously mentioned. Well, I will change that habit that I have. I do. I literally <laughs> shoot it right out of spot as soon as we walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very bad habit. Many people do. All right, I will, I will, I will correct that behavior. Spam as many arrows as you can. Try to get ultimate as soon as possible. And when you use ultimate, try to zone in a way because if you use it at the right moment, you can save your teammates from dying. You don't always have to get a pick. You can use zone a certain area and save your teammates from a lost fight, so you can regroup and fight them again. Or you can directly just deny your enemies a fight, which otherwise would have won, and you stall time. Yeah, it's been good talking to you. Yeah, man, you too. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and close out the show. So this is a, this is a really good one. If you guys have any uh, questions or just want to talk to us, you can reach us at contact at preparetoattack.com. Uh, like to uh, like to turn it over to you real quick to plug Wawa's Wawa's boot camp. Hi, Wawa's boot camp is quite awesome. I've met a lot of free students there. That's actually the main reason I even started gaining interest in coaching was because of all this bootcamp. And the Discord server is quite awesome. You can find me there at any time. 
name's Lars. Feel free to send me a message. Uh, I do. Um, I was a handsome one trick for a long time, but lately I've been putting a lot of time into Genji and Tracer and many other heroes. But I'm also a paid coach, so I know how to help anyone, really. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to find me on Wallace Bootcamp and just ask me some questions. I'll answer them enough time. It might take a few hours or days, but I'll be there. Don't you worry. Awesome. And you can find can find all the information about Wawa's Bootcamp at wawasbootcamp.com. That's W-A-W-A-S bootcamp.com. You can find them on discord.gg slash wawasbootcamp. And yeah, yeah we encourage right you guys to go there. Do you ever use uh, uh, mayhem.gg? Yes, I use it all the time. I use it two times a day for my coaching sessions, actually. Awesome. It's the most useful coaching tool I have, besides live stream coaching. Live stream coaching, I tend to provide them with real time advice, but a preliminary coaching session beforehand. Gotcha. Uh, most coaches on Wallace Bootcamp don't really provide the most personalized coaching, but they provide broader use. When it comes to the part where you dedicate a lot of time to one student, like you dedicate several hours a day trying to make them better, that's when your time starts to get to take value for some. And that's why some branch off into paid coaching. Regardless, I still enjoy it. Free coaching. That's why I'm part of Alvis Bootcamp. Awesome. Awesome. Well, but I just provide, okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I just provide general advice in, uh, in the free coaching. And then that's out of the free time I'm allowed to give. When it comes to the scheduled time I have, I put every ounce of effort and, and more into making the players better, as good as possible from every resource I'm allowed to use. Which I do with my free students too, but it takes a lot of time to do that like to dedicate two hours a day or sometimes even use one hour a day to, to analyzing a player and finding out their weaknesses and strengths and how to, how to guide them on a very personal level is very difficult for some, but I've greatly enjoyed doing it for free students. But since there are so many free students, it's hard to pick the right ones. <laughs> but once I get them, I make sure to take proper care of them. Well, now you'll have a resource to point new Hanzo players to where they can get a lot of information where you won't have to, you know, reiterate this hour. You can send them here first and then they get a lot, you know, they get a good benefit from it. Indeed. So if you're looking for more from me or, or Ja, who also does the other episodes... Uh, you can find us weekly on Watch on Watchpoint Radio. We live cast on twitch.tv slash Watchpoint Radio on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I think we're moving that to 7 p.m. soon. Uh, you can also find us at mashthosebuttons.com. You can find us on Twitter at, um, at Watchpoint Radio. And uh, come check us. Uh, come check us out. And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at blazon underscore bob. That's b l a z z i n underscore b o b. You can find me on Twitch. I recently started streaming a couple days ago. Actually, you can find me at blazon bob on Twitch. No underscore for that one. Where can we find you, Lars? You can find me on my Discord, Lars hashtag. Three nine eight one. Can you repeat that for me? My English isn't the best when it comes to pronunciation of numbers. Large, <laughs> Lars hashtag three nine one. Is that right? No, three nine eight one. Three nine eight one. That's L A R S hashtag three nine eight one. By the way, Lars is quite a good name. It stands for victorious in a way. And like, remember what sort of language my name is from again but i believe it was norse or latin not really latin it stands for like the english equivalent is lawrence and laurentius i suppose maybe it's the latin when i think of lars i think of a big blonde long-haired viking it's kind of kind of accurate actually (laughs) (laughs) i am uh, i don't have long hair anymore i am tall 100 centimeters 190 and i do have green blue eyes and Viking ancestry, in a way, I suppose. I do descend from that line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I'd <laughs> also like to thank Have Luck Good Fun for letting us use sounds like Overwatch as the 
the theme music, we encourage you to check him out on YouTube. That's Have Luck, Good Fun. We'd also like uh, reviews and ratings, preferably on iTunes. It just helps us in Google searches. If you guys could do that for us, we would appreciate it tremendously. I want to thank you again, Lars, for coming. And this has been a great episode, man. It has been my pleasure. Now, keep in mind that when we did this interview, um, I'll use, um, this is not normally how I would really act. A few days ago, I received a few, uh, some bad news. A friend of mine's the, is dying, is maybe in the process of dying of organ failure. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not that, that happy recently and not the best kind of joking, casual mood I normally might have been, but I'm trying hard to keep up besides the fact that I haven't been sleeping all either. But I'm glad we got to have this interview because I really wanted to do it. Yeah, well, I, I really I appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. And I am sorry to hear about your, your buddy. It's the best friend. No, no one for a while. Very nice story. Um, either way, listen, Bob, I can't thank you enough for scheduling your time around mine and being such a kind hospital host and also being so understanding and mobile and flexible. No problem, it really made man. it much easier for me to meet up with this. Otherwise, I'm not sure if I would have been it. Awesome, I'm still man. sort of in the middle of a briefing, but I'm glad we got this out of the way now. And I wish everyone a good luck in combat. Good luck, guys. <laughs> We're out.